0: I'm Jeff Newkirk, the host of Game Changers. I talk to people who have done something to make this world a better place. People who are working to make a significant and profound change. So it's simple, inspire and educate, and let's go change this world. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I've got a great guest this morning, somebody who has made a huge impact on the state of Texas and I know in the future on our country. Her name is Mary Elizabeth Castle. She's the director of government relations for Texas Values and Texas Values Action. Mary Elizabeth, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It was such a pleasure meeting you in Conroe at one of our Texas Values events. And I'm very excited to be on your show.
0: Oh well thank you. And it was a great event in Conroe that was crowded. It was educational, informative. Would you consider that one of your more successful events?
1: I would say it's close to the top. I mean, it was a packed house, but that's what happens when you have someone, superstar like Riley Gaines, come and speak at an event, talking about her story and her activism for saving women's sports. So people were really energized about seeing Riley, about supporting that issue. And I think people were just excited about the successes we had at Texas Values. So I was really impressed with the crowd and met a lot of good people who support our work in that area and the Houston area. And then of course, yeah. that's how I met you and your wife and learned about your story of coming to Texas for better yeah. values, what we call Texas values.
0: Texas so, values,
1: Yeah. Exactly. I think that was a really great event and I'm hoping we can continue that momentum, having more people attending our events to learn more about our issues and learning that there's someone there speaking up for them.
0: It's so important. And I was so intrigued and pleased to learn about Texas values because where I came from, the state of Illinois, if we had Illinois values, (laughs) I don't think I aligned and I didn't even know if there were any. So I love being in Texas, love everything that Texas stands for. So Mary Elizabeth, you work as the director of government relations and you are working with legislatures and their staff. At the Capitol, you ensure pro-family values, that they're protected in the state of Texas. And I love that. So can you describe a little bit what that means, pro-family values?
1: pro-family values, standing for the traditional image and the traditional value of what the family means, especially according to the Bible and God's Word, you know, making sure there's a mother and a father in the home and making sure we're doing everything to support traditional marriage and to support the upbringing of children and parental rights, you know, making sure parents have the right to raise their children based on biblical values or their values, and also sometimes making sure we protect their innocence, like we see with the inappropriate library books or with comprehensive sex education and making sure we even keep to the basic definition of what is a man and what is a woman, which that's expanded over the past couple of years. I think we were at first just trying to defend the definition of marriage, but now we're confused about what is a man and what is a woman. So it's even- Some are confused.
0: (laughs) Some are confused. I'm kind of chuckling because before we got started, I said, I don't know if we're going to get into any controversial topics. And, man, you just jumped right into the deep end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Sorry. Well,
0: (laughs) I'll refrain. or
1: Yeah. (laughs) But that's the world we live in, I guess.
0: So before you joined Texas Values, you worked under general counsel at Midwestern State University, focusing on education policy, and you were also with First Liberty and you conducted research and performed outreach for attorneys. So how did that experience prepare you for Texas Values?
1: I cannot express how grateful I am for my opportunity at First Liberty. It's an interesting story. I was taking a First Amendment class My last semester in college, and I had an adjunct professor who invited First Liberty Institute to come talk about religious liberty rights. And that really intrigued me and stirred something up in me. I thought it wasn't fair sometimes, even in school, where you felt like you couldn't talk about your faith or you couldn't be open about those things. My father was a pastor. So it's like when people ask you, you know, what does your dad do? He's a pastor, and I should be able to say those things and feel free to be both both an academic and Both a person of faith. So, whenever First Liberty came to my university and spoke for my class, I was just so amazed that you actually have attorneys out there representing people to be able to wear a cross necklace at work or to be able to talk about their faith in the classroom. So, that's when I said, Okay, you know, I'm graduating early, I'm looking for a job. You know, can I just, you know, do something at your organization to get started in this work? So, I was at First Liberty for a little less than a year before heading off to law school. And I was just amazed about the work that they were able to do to just represent people of faith and just represent, you know, your constitutional right to free speech, which we all have, regardless of, you know, what faith, we, but we all huh. have that right to free speech. And that, you know, stayed with me throughout law school. But once I got out and was working at Midwestern State University and education policy, I really wanted to and felt led to come back to this work. And it was actually First Liberty Institute that connected me to Texas Values because some people know this, but Texas Values actually comes out of First Liberty. So our president, Jonathan Sines, was actually an attorney first at First Liberty Institute. And then out of First Liberty, he started Texas Values to focus more on the legislative side and making laws. And so that's where I decided when I was working at the Office of General Counsel at Midwestern State University. We were doing a lot of policy work, drafting policies, but everything that we had to draft because it was a state university came back to the Texas legislature. And so Mm -hmm. I was just really interested to know how do we get to this process of making and influencing laws. And so that pushed me even further to wanting to do more of government relations and the advocacy side. And so that's why I'm really grateful that that First Liberty connection and really getting me grounded and understanding these type of issues and coming back to it several years later and connecting with Texas (laughs) Values. I think it was definitely a God thing, but just thankful for having that foundation there so I could really understand what Texas Values was doing when I came into this work.
0: And by the way, it's all a God thing. Yeah. Everything yeah. is a god thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know if you had a chance to are you a football fan at all, Mary Elizabeth? I mean, you're in Texas, so you have to be a football fan.
1: Yeah. So I follow college football. Don't follow professional football as much. You know, with the Dallas Cowboys, it's hard to be yeah. a fan. I have some New England Patriot fans in my family. So New England all
0: Patriots? You're in Texas for goodness sake. I know.
1: Sakes. <laughs> yeah, take it up with my aunt. <laughs> but well, the- college football. Mostly is what I pay attention to. You so know. the reason um, I
0: asked that question, you got your undergrad from SMU. Yes. And I have currently, I have two daughters that go to TCU. Oh, so no. The big oh, rivalry, no. and they played uh, but, last week. So I'm sorry, but the Horn Frogs came out on top, but I'm sure that will even out in the long run, right?
1: What can I say? You know, I remember <laughs> one time my sophomore year, We, SMU, actually got the iron skillet finally. And I don't know how many more times after that we've gotten the iron skillet. (laughs) uh, But I was hoping since this past weekend was the very last SMU-TCU game that, come on, Mustangs, at least try. Unfortunately, we didn't pull it out. For the very last game, but I'll definitely miss that rivalry in the future.
0: Well, I'm sure it'll come back, but I, I mean, TCU had to go across town to SMU to get their head coach, right?
1: Right, Sunny
0: exactly. Is yeah, the at SMU, tradership very so yeah. really well. <laughs> so, getting back to Texas values, Texas values started in 2012 and then the Texas Values action in 2014. So describe for us a little bit the difference because that can be a bit confusing for those just learning about Texas Values.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you asked that question because people ask that a lot. What's Texas Values? What's Texas Values Action? Are they the same people? So Texas Values is what we consider like our 501c3. It's the machine that educates people, does a lot of the work of research, a lot of the work of the main bulk of our organization. Now our Texas Values Action is our 501c4. And for those of you familiar with those different tax codes, that means it's actually Actually, a political kind of like a pack, so to speak. Yeah. So, our Texas Values Action is what we use to endorse candidates and races. You can find who we endorse on txvaluesaction.org, and also, you know, I would say our lobbying work is partly under Texas Values Action as well, but also some of our advocacy work is considered C three Action too. So, it f- falls under both umbrellas. But if you want to just simplify it. Then if you want to go to find out more about the bills we passed, our values, some of our educational research background, visit our Texas Values website, come to our Texas Values events. If you're more interested in endorsing specific candidates or maybe certain ballot measures in the election, and maybe even see kind of how we rate legislators on what type of bills they vote for or push, then you would kind of visit our Texas Values Action website and support our action organization
0: so over the next year texas values action will be very very busy we have a obviously a huge election coming up next year and i know you've already been deep into it do you have any thoughts right now getting into uh really elections a so campaign season if you will
1: yeah so we Have our process open. Once it gets closer to the election, is when we'll start rolling out our endorsements. It's definitely a process we have. So if there's a candidate out there and we're not as familiar with them or we haven't endorsed them before, then they will have to go to our Texas Values Action website to download a packet. It's a questionnaire. And then to make sure that they're aligned with our values and what push good, you know, principles as a legislator. And then after they complete that and email it to us, then our Texas Values Action Team would then interview them before we put out an endorsement. So that's good for anyone listening who is interested in our endorsement and think that will help them. Then that's the process that. That you
0: would go through. So it's not like you're just a couple of you sitting around a table saying, hey, what do you think about this guy or this leader over here or the woman down in Southeast Texas said this? I mean, yeah, there's a process to it.
1: Yeah, there's a definite process. We take it with a lot of discernment. We want to be very careful and, you know, to have our name under a candidate or with a candidate is something very important to us and we don't take lightly. And we also don't want to endorse a candidate who we feel would go against our values. So we wouldn't want to endorse a candidate and then they later vote against the heartbeat bill. It's very important that they're going to advocate and vote for and even push for legislation that we think will advance you know marriage and family religious liberty pro-life issues and we also take into account sometimes even character and how they live their life because even as a Christian Goodness. organization having those biblical values are important as well
0: and when we first and I say we my wife Diane and I and I'll say right up front she's the smarter of the two of us. She's definitely the better half in our relationship, been married for 35 years. But when we first learned about Texas Values and attended the event in Conroe, when we had a chance to meet you and talk with you a little bit, when we left, Diane said to me, you got to learn more about Texas Values and you got to get Mary Elizabeth on your podcast. I'm like, yes, I I know. I, I know that. Yes, I will. She's like, okay, because you got to make that happen. This is a really good organization. Like, okay, all right. So I followed directions down to a T for my <laughs> wife. She's part of the two of us. So I'm, I think everything you said about Texas values just confirms what we believe already. And you're doing the right things. And just the process for getting those endorsements for candidates That's huge. I mean, that is a big deal. And I couldn't be more pleased to have you on the podcast. So thanks for taking the time. Mary Elizabeth, what are some of the most rewarding experiences that you've had with Texas Values?
1: Well, there have definitely been many. I feel very blessed to do this work. There's never a dull moment. It's very easy to have a lot of successes and to see the value of when you are very committed and you persevere. You can see success. Um, sometimes you don't always see it at the forefront but you see it eventually over time. I think the first one that comes to the mind is of course the save women sports issue which I've had the blessing to lead these past about 3 years. That was an issue when it first came to our legislature in 2021. It was definitely a hard fight and a hard sell for some reason to have such a bill to simply say that boys can't be in girls sports. It kind of defies
0: for- logic to me, doesn't it? I mean Right. That's sort of a head scratcher for me too.
1: So it should have been pretty simple and a slam dunk in the first session that we had it, but it actually took... Three special sessions in order to get that law passed. But there was a lot that I had to learn from that trial and error or that push to really get it passed after three special sessions. And I had to go back to the drawing board and think about okay, what will actually get people motivated and engaged about this issue to where they will say this is a top priority for us in the legislature? And even trying to get the Speaker of the House engaged as well, because that was definitely a challenge getting our speaker involved and to say that this would be a priority issue and a lot of things just kind of fell into place so you had the leah thomas incident that happened where will thomas and
0: riley Gaines did an amazing job describing that and i will never forget her quote when she said hey we had to experience it so if we had to experience it you have to at least hear about it right (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) brace yourselves
1: And so like things like that were the perfect opportunities, the perfect storm to really make sure people could get engaged about this issue. And so things started falling into place, but we couldn't just sit by the sidelines and say like, oh, these things are happening. So they'll see it. I think really learning how to make those things come back to Texas. So whenever a group of women athletes wanted to protest the NCAA in San Antonio, I said, hey, like it's important for my organization to be a part of that. So we were a part of that. We made sure that we had kind of like our own little makeshift convention meeting whenever we weren't allowed in the NCAA convention, because I guess they looked up <laughs> who Texas Values was. Yeah. So we just made sure we created those opportunities. We don't want you guys
0: from Texas.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we have a new wonderful teammate, Ashley. She has a lot of capabilities with video, and so she made... Little video vignettes of female athletes talking about their story. So we just tried a lot of different new things, you know, making sure we were focusing on the people who were being affected, which it takes a lot of, I think, growth and able to do that. I think it's very easy to get into this movement and want to be the forefront, but like this was a time for these ladies to shine because they really went through a lot having basically uh, their basic rights. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's basic about. Rights.
0: Yeah and, yeah, and making it safe and secure for them to live out their potential.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think there was just so many good opportunities to have a lot of good information, be at the forefront, make sure we had those very key meetings with key people who were going to move the ball forward. There was even a time where it seemed like the bill was going to be stalled, but it was like, okay, I got to go into this committee chairman and make it a negotiation point and say, okay, if I bring this, will you have this meeting on this date? And they're like, we'll see what we can do. So just learning from that mm-hmm. experience and growing to work different pieces of the puzzle, making sure that all of the right key players are at the forefront, all of the right advocacy and messaging points, and then having it be successful in the end, because we didn't know if we were going to get another special session. You can't go into a session and say, well, if we don't get it in May, maybe the governor will call a special. You can't go in with that mindset. So it was very pleasing to know that we were able to get this college bill, um, this session, in one session. And, you know, I just feel like that was a high point for me to have a bill like that be successful in one session and to see that all of these different pieces, because looking back, it wasn't just about we did all of those things to get the bill passed. But there was so much more attention around this issue and so many people realizing that this was happening, that we can go back and say, like, this was a law that wasn't just passed. So it could be like a key point for legislators. It was a law that yeah. was passed because people realized there was an actual problem that needed to be fixed. So very proud that you get people around the issue and that we could get that law passed. And it was just a really great learning experience.
0: That's huge. And I think that will serve you well long into the future, for sure. So let's kind of go to the other side where we have some challenges associated with Texas values, some, some more difficult situations, maybe one or two of those that you've had.
1: I will say that coming into this work, even though I was confident that this was something that God called me to do and confident about something I wanted to do, I didn't have any legislative experience as far as the Texas legislature. So back in college, I did work at U.S. Congress on the Committee of Ways and Means, but I had never worked at the Texas legislature before, even though I'd studied about it in school. And then also just not really having those particular connections to legislators. I knew probably who represented my home district from my hometown, but didn't necessarily say I was chummy or on a first-name basis with any legislators when I first started. Nobody on speed dial? Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Which is different, you know, now, four years later. That was definitely a challenge, getting to know the legislators, making sure they know me, not coming from a political family or political background. Grew up in Wichita Falls. My father was a pastor. Being probably Highest educated in my family, I didn't really have these connections. And so it was a challenge at first, but with a lot of hard work, and I had a lot of help from several of my colleagues, you know, helping me, introducing me to these legislators and giving me tips on how to relate to them and get to know them. And it was a challenge at first, but I think I have been able to overcome that and use it to the success of the organization. And there's really nothing to be afraid of. I mean, they are deserve the utmost respect, of course, because of their position. Of but at the same time, once you start talking to them, and I found this out pretty easily in the first year or so, they're just like you. And yeah, they those have people. Yeah. I mean, they have, regular jobs to most of them. They have families, they have interest, they have football rivalries. There are a lot of Red Raiders even in the legislature. So they're just like you. And once you can just make a simple connection, you know, then you can talk about, okay, well, this is an issue that I really care about and I'm really passionate about. And I think at the end of the day, always having credibility and knowing what you're talking about really helps make those connections as well. So you know that was oh. definitely a challenge at first, but just being able to overcome that was really important you know for my organization as a whole so I could serve yeah. in this role.
0: And I'm sure coming out of some of those meetings, you Both sides of that spectrum, if you will, coming out of a meeting and feeling like, wow, that legislator is really incredible. I'm so glad I had the chance to meet with that person. And then on the other side, maybe like, wow, that was sort of a disappointment. I was expecting a whole lot more. So I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you if you've had any of those experiences, but I'm sure that those those have happened. But you'll learn from those and use it going forward. So I think you're in a great spot here in Texas with what you're doing. And in Texas, we are like the center of the news for the country. I mean, every time you turn on the news, I don't care where it is in the United States, Texas comes up, whether it's the border issue, whether it's some of the bills going through the state. I mean, there's always something that's happening in the state of Texas. So with that, what do you see as next on the agenda for Texas Values?
1: We had a successful session, and I bet some people think, well, what's next for you guys? Especially after... Passing the law to protect minors from gender transition surgeries, that was a huge battle that took several years to pass. But there's still work to be done. It really never stops with some of the policies that are coming out to either harm our children or to you know take away different liberties. I will say one thing that was kind of remiss from this past session was protecting religious liberty rights. There were several bills, whether it was protecting your right to practice as an attorney and also had biblical values. That was a law that still wasn't passed. We wanted to make sure we had a law that kind of solidified the Coach Kennedy case, you know, to make sure that right. employees can pray and not be punished for that.
0: Explain just quickly the Coach Kennedy case or so our yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah.
1: Coach Kennedy, and this was a case that First Liberty, one of our partners, worked on. And Coach Kennedy was a football coach who would go to the 50-yard line before every game and pray, sometimes by himself, but sometimes members of the team would join him. But he was actually fired. Yeah.
0: Right? He never required anybody to join him.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So he wasn't forcing anyone um, because we know that there have been in the past certain restrictions sometimes where they say, well, you can't coerce at a school. But I mean, this was something he voluntarily did. And it was mostly private. But the school didn't like that. And they actually fired him. But his case went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court said he had the First Amendment right to be able to pray at the 50 yard line. And it should not have been punished. And he was actually reinstated as a football coach, I think, this semester. So, you know, that was a very important case because it's absurd to think that if someone wants to pray on their own and voluntarily do this, that, oh, because you work at a school, you can't do this, or it offends someone, so you can't do it. Is it freedom of
0: religion or freedom from religion?
1: Some people think it's from sadly. Yeah, there's actually not. a group called Freedom <laughs> from Religion and they're always against religious liberty rights, but it's freedom of religion. That's and right. um, that's always what it's been since the very beginning. People misquote or misunderstand the letter about separation of church and state. We could go into so much about that, but that's misapplied. But I think having Bill's like that, that are protecting religious liberty rights. And then also on the education front, there's still a lot we need to do. So, so happy that we can get inappropriate library books out, but there's still a lot. I mean, it's not just library books that kids read all day. We know that there's curriculum that has inappropriate elements in it, and so we need legislation to protect against that. So we know that there's this ongoing crisis across the nation where teachers are hiding gender identities of kids from parents, so we need to protect parents in that way. The sex education battle just continues to be A battle for us you know we've done a lot to make sure we have good sex education standards at the sboe level but we would like to see it where parents give permission to the school and not the other way around um to teach their kids sex ed and and then also school choice you know if parts of sex ed,
0: right i mean sky's not the limit when it comes to that teaching our children
1: And even school choice, you know, because if schools are going to continue to go down this path of teaching certain subjects and kids don't know how to read, but they know about gender identity, then a parent should have the right and should have the help too. Because I mean, not everyone can afford private school, but a good education should be available to every child. So having school choice and having those resources available for better education and education aligned with your values, we hope to see legislation on that too.
0: Well, that's going to be another challenge for sure because I know there's plenty of opposition even in here in Texas. So, but I know you all are going to stand firm and keep moving forward. It's all about perseverance, right?
1: Absolutely. And that's what I was saying earlier. That's kind of the joy of doing this work, having a goal, setting it and knowing that you can learn from your mistakes, learn in hindsight and just push forward to be successful.
0: So you've had so much success already. You've gained tremendous experience, met with some really high level people. I got to believe that your future is really limitless. So if you were to look down the road three to five years or maybe 10 years, what is Mary Elizabeth Castle doing?
1: So uh, that's a very interesting question. And people, you'd be surprised, ask that a lot, certain supporters. I definitely have enjoyed my work here at Texas Values. I can tell you in the very near future, starting in January, I'll actually be an adjunct professor at a Catholic university in Houston. And All so, right trying that out. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be trying that out for a little while just to flex a different muscle of teaching and explaining, you know, what I do in the legislature. But for me, when I'm thinking even longer term down the road, government relations is, I guess, where it's at for me. really enjoy this work. One day I think it would be great if I could even start my own government relations firm, you know, whether that be nonprofit and based on these issues or based on different things, you know, I'd love for it to be on things that I care about, of course, but I really enjoy doing this type of work. So to be able to have my own organization and do that would definitely be a delight. I don't want to completely roll out way down the line running for office. I've gone back and forth. Um,
0: We need people like you.
1: Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard. I think after you do lobbying or this type of work, you think I'd rather be on this side. So (laughs) (laughs) you like the people you work with and um, everything, but sometimes it's fun to be on this side of the issue. Sometimes I feel I even have maybe more influence on this side. So that's not completely ruled out. I might entertain that idea again of running for office one day, but even further from now, uh, especially i personally would like to have a family, that's something very important to me as a woman of faith and something personally for me, you know, to be able to have a godly marriage and raise children, you know, that's also something I hope is in the near future for me as well. But all that in conjunction with continuing to do whatever God has for me and just working in government because I really enjoy making a difference this way.
0: Boy, are you ever making a difference. Like I said, I know the future is bright for you, and we're going to keep watch on what all good things you're going to do and where you're going to go in the future, because I know it's going to be incredible. Let's have a little bit of fun with these next couple questions. And the next one is really about all of the different people that you perhaps have met or have not met. And even thinking in our past, if there were three people, current or in the past, in the world, anyone, any three that you would like to have a sit-down and just a one-on-one with them, who would they be?
1: We were chatting earlier because this was actually kind of a icebreaker at my Bible study last week. And all of us girls, we were all stumped. We're like, wow, who would we want to talk to? But if I were to think about this question, you know, as far three, as like, I know
0: you have three, Mary Elizabeth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have three. So <laughs> so historically, you know, I would definitely like to First, talk to the Apostle Paul. I feel like he was such a great groundbreaker in starting the Christian faith, but also someone who faced a lot of challenges. And I would just like to relate to him and how he overcame a lot of challenges to speak up for the truth. Which sometimes you see our videos and see things we face, but I mean, this person was in jail and oh, you know faced a I lot
0: don't of. I want to know, like, what was it like on the road to Damascus? I mean, what was what right. that really like?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To see him also have that transformation too. And to hear about that experience, you know, I, he's someone from the Bible I really admire. So I definitely want to interview him. Secondly, I would like to interview Rosa Parks, you know, as a little girl, she was someone yeah. who I always looked up to because she made a difference in, but a lot of people feel like was a quiet way, but really made a lot of big moves in history to really incredibly um, courageous yeah very courageous and made a lot of big moves for civil rights you know especially ones that I enjoy personally today so I would love to interview her and as far as present day well they don't you have know, to be
0: all I mean it's it, whoever you want
1: I guess the third one those are definitely big two but I would really like to Interview, this is kind of a strange answer, but I would like to cross interview the media on some of the oh, <laughs> things love that. that we, <laughs> you know, stand for. Yeah. If I could actually, it could be someone locally, like someone at KXAN or maybe someone big time on TV and just kind of challenge them on their Perspectives yeah. and their issues and have that interview because sometimes I feel like we're always on the defense. So if I could put them on the defense and say, why do you really think there's no definition of woman? Or why do you really think that a baby isn't a person? You know, I, I would love to have that and to find out. And maybe it wouldn't be good for their career, but to find out, hey, are some of these people on CBS news, are they really for those ideas or are they being forced to? So I would be curious to yeah. find that out.
0: Boy, that, yeah, there's, there's a few that I'd like to speak with for sure. Yeah. I can rattle off a handful. (laughs) Next question. Now we talked about your future and I don't think that this is, this next question is unrealistic at all. I think this is definitely a possibility. Mary Elizabeth Castle has just been elected president of the United States. Okay. So President Castle, what are the first three to dos on your task list as U S president?
1: That's not a hard one. I think it's actually a funny story. So, and kind of embarrassing maybe, but from the age of five to about maybe 14, I actually wanted to be president of the United States for some reason. I am
0: not surprised Um, at all.
1: (laughs) But, you know, I guess I broke more into reality going into high school. So that's kind of funny. So maybe I can pull something from those ages that I thought. But, you know, thinking today, if I could be president, some things that I think our country could use. I mean, number one, I think, and this isn't an issue we work on at Texas Values, but creating a more fiscally conservative nation. And to see what that would look like, I mean, like I said, when I was in D.C., kind of the issues I worked on in that office were more about fiscal conservative issues, about how our entitlement programs are going to run out. Someone like myself might not even get a Social Security check when I reach that age. There's so much government spending. You're seeing even right now just the money we're giving to Ukraine. I think there could be a lot on both sides, Republican and Democrat, of where we're actually thinking about how many trillion of dollars we're in debt as a country and really working on uh making us you wrap more- your head around
0: it, Mary Elizabeth. Yeah. It's it's so astronomical. I think it's 33 trillion. Is that uh, pretty close?
1: I think that's, yeah, that's close. Yeah, You can't
0: even wrap your head around that. That's just ridiculous.
1: And then I would say number two, and maybe this should have been number one, but just making our nation more comfortable with religion, our God foundation, and also making our nation more comfortable of who we are as a nation. There's been a lot of things going on in the past few years that have been divisive. You know, there've been some rights and some wrongs that have happened, but I don't think any of them should have turned us to like hate or our nation or to hate kind of our foundation or a Christian foundation of the country. Yeah. And Absolutely. You know, it's, I remember... up, it's about
0: forgiveness and learning what other people stand for and what's important to other people. We have to understand all sides of an argument. It's not one person has all the answers, but a group of us can come up with Good answers that will solve most of the problems. It's called negotiating and working collaboratively. Absolutely. And for whatever reason, we've lost that potential here. We've lost that ability to sit down and really hammer out some tough, tough situations and issues. So man, I applaud you for, for wanting to, to tackle that because that's something that we need for sure.
1: I think that would be a huge task, too. I remember, you know, after September 11th, just the unity we had in our country and how people were just, they were really religious after that time, and they just wanted to all the time. I remember every place I went where we were singing some type of patriotic song. And I don't want something bad to happen to where we have to unite together. But I think we need to be back to that place to where we can unite together because, I mean, we're facing a lot of enemies outside um, as far as attacking our country. And then we're facing a lot of challenges inside you know we're seeing when we're taking god out of the conversation what it's leading to in education and to daily conversation and just the tension between every united states citizen we're not perfect i don't think any country is perfect but you look at other places in the world especially other places where people say they want to go to and it's like okay we're so much better off yeah and we were had, our founding and our principles were at least really good for us to have our freedoms and to have our religious liberty and to have a good education, to have a good life. And so I think we need to go back to respecting and acknowledging that and just realize that we need to come together. Even if we disagree, like you said, we can negotiate, we can talk it out, but we need to come back together. Number three, definitely education. You know, education policy has always been a passion of mine. I think definitely school choice is a start. I think even helping charter schools get more easily supported and having more of those options for students. And then also really... Analyzing, you know, what is the Department of Education really doing? You know, we had No Child Left Behind, and many people say that was a failed policy. Going forward, people are saying we don't want to, in Texas, you know, the grading system is wrong for grading schools. You even have some schools in other parts of the country that fail and remain open. But we should never lower the bar for our children. I think we should raise the bar because whether they decide to go to college or whether they decide to enter the workforce or whatever they decide to do, do, they need to know how to face daily challenges and how to problem solve and have that confidence to do so. And if we continue to just pass them through or just have school just be a daily chore for kids and not something yeah. that actually develops them, then that'll really hurt the future of our country. And yeah, you know, it hurts the child themselves too.
0: Why would we ever want to tell a child that they can get by with doing less when they can make their lives so much better by working hard and trying to achieve more, I think that hurts them tremendously if we don't help every single child work to their full potential. And I think we have the ability, we have the resources in this country to make that happen. But for whatever reason, we choose not to do that. And I find that very frustrating. So I love your three tasks, Mary Elizabeth. I love. What you stand for, what you said, and I truly believe the best is yet to come for you. Who knows where you're going to go? Probably president.
1: I'll wait till I'm a little older than Vivek. So, <laughs> well,
0: it has been so great to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time. How do people learn more about Texas values and Mary Elizabeth Castle?
1: So please visit our website at TXValues.org. And then also, if you want to know about Texas Values Action, visit TXValuesAction.org. And then also, if you're interested in the Save Women Sports issue, you can go to SaveWomenSportsTexas.com. Oh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as
0: well. All the social media. Very good. Thank you so much again for being here. Great conversation. Uh, Will you come back at some point in the future and tell us about all the successes you've had?
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on and feel free to reach out uh, to me or my team if you want to talk more about our issues and what we're doing. And hopefully you can visit our Austin studio sometime too.
0: Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Thank you so much. And I want to thank my sponsor, Magic Mind. Now, Mary Elizabeth, I don't know if you've ever tried this Magic Mind. It's a like an energy focus drink it's uh just a small two ounces they call it the world's first productivity shot it's full of all these herbs vitamin c vitamin d echinacea stuff i can't even pronounce but it's super good for you i drink it every morning with my coffee helps me keep focused throughout the day and energy so magic mind. it can be found at magicmind.com. so again mary elizabeth castle thank you so much for being here Listeners, thanks for listening to Game Changers with Jeff Newkirk. I appreciate you so much. Today was a great day. Tomorrow will be even better. Peace, everyone. Find out more about the show at GameChangersWithJeff.com. And make sure you're following Game Changers on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are everywhere never miss an episode. We appreciate you listening. Grateful for your following.